everyone, this is William with Allegory Gallery Interviews, and I'm here today with Mandy Sarafchuk of Main Exhibit Gallery here in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Mandy. Hi, Will. How's it going today? Oh, it's a great day. Beautiful sunshine. It's beautiful out there. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, you can find Mandy and her work and a lot of her items on her website at mainexhibitgallery.com, and of course you can visit here in Ligonier, but we would like to talk to Mandy a little bit today about just a little bit about the beginning of her business and what she's doing now. So Mandy, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you started Main Exhibit Gallery and how that all got going for you? Well, my husband Paul is an architect turned furniture designer, and we were living in the Philadelphia area, the whole rat race there. I was working in the communications field, Uh and we decided we wanted to uh, simplify and leave the rat race. <laughs> Paul wanted to explore his furniture more. Okay. So we headed west. Uh, he's originally from Western PA. Mm-hmm. And we um, we had a relationship with Ligonier uh, through his grandfather. So we looked at this town and we found this great brick Victorian on Main Street. Mm-hmm. We fell in love with the building and my husband being an architect, you know, that's kind <laughs> of how ideas. we started. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, oh, where do you start with a business? With a business plan? Well, no, we started with a building. <laughs> so we... We really weren't thinking of opening a gallery at the time. Okay. We just thought, this building is here. Why don't we start renovating it? And um, we were able to utilize the space in such a way that enabled us to also have um, an apartment. Okay. So while we're starting our business with like no money, um, <laughs> we, we would have the gallery in the front of the building. And then the, the rear of the building, the rear two stories, was an apartment. So that paid for the building while we were establishing ourselves. And um, I continued to do freelance work, but I did it from the gallery. So I was open for business if anybody (laughs) wanted to come in, um, but I was still working at my graphic design and freelance writing job. So we had some of Paul's furniture in, in the space. It was a very small space at the time. Okay. I was also working in stained glass, so I had some of my work. And then we convinced a few local artists to take a <laughs> chance on us mm-hmm. and, and put their work in our space. And so we would, we would have some art openings, have some yeah. shows. We'd have some fun. <laughs> Didn't really make any money right, the first right. few years. Uh, but, you know, that was, just, that was just part of feeling our way around. Right. You know, nowadays, I guess people would start with a business plan and maybe have some money, you <laughs> know. the best way to do yeah, it. Yeah, to start with it. Either. But yeah, mm-hmm. since we were able to do everything ourselves, including like all of the promotion work, since right. my background was in communications and graphics, okay. so I did a lot of that. Okay. And, uh, you know, we kind of started that way. We kind of started small. And just to tell everyone, this was before the internet. This was... Oh, yes. This is 25 years ago. So we're celebrating 25 years. this is real graphic design on... Right. Mm-hmm. Real, we, we did use a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, the internet didn't come into play until like four years later. <laughs> and even then, it was before we had templates. Uh, you actually had to know how to build a website. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned on the fly. Uh, <laughs> it was tricky. But... Um, you know, we, we had a we had a presence on the internet. We I wouldn't say we were you know selling stuff necessarily, <laughs> right. but people did find Most us that way. Most people didn't sell stuff. No, back then, no, no. There was no shopping cart. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, what what did help us with the internet was other artists weren't using it, right. and we were promoting their work on our site. Some Ooh. international artists. So if someone had seen uh, a certain jewelry artist's work in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, they would 
discover the internet and see if they could find more of that person's work. Right. And it would actually bring them to my website. And so I was getting people from all over the country trying to buy a piece of jewelry from this artist or a handbag from that artist. So that worked for a while until everybody started (laughs) using it. Yeah, exactly. And Etsy came along and um, the, uh, those, uh, like Weebly and those Mm -hmm. places that, you know, make templates, WordPress, Mm -hmm. all of that. The templates really made it much easier. And a lot of artists, let's face it, once they discovered that they could create a website, uh, even though they were selling wholesale, mm-hmm. they could also do retail. Why right. not? They went through all the trouble of creating this website for their wholesale market. Oh, absolutely. So why not have a retail market as well? So, of so course, that, that, that doesn't necessarily help a, a brick-and-mortar <laughs> store. Right. What, what makes a gallery like ours work is we are in an environment, in a tourist environment. Mm-hmm. So there are many other shops in our town that draw people to our town. Right. Uh, A lot of people think, oh, it's all competition. But you need that if you want to get people to come to (laughs) your town. You need different things. Yeah, you don't want to be the only only deal going on. Mm -hmm. Um, So people would come to Ligonier, our beautiful little Ligonier in the Laurel Highlands, because it's beautiful, because there's so many shops, so many restaurants. And, you know... We're talking about, what, not even a half mile of town right. to walk no, through. No. So you really can find all the little shops. Oh, absolutely. So basically, you know, we started with no money because <laughs> we did consignment in the mm-hmm. beginning. Then That's as the we started part. bringing money in, I started going to shows. And back then, we're talking like 1995, 96, okay. there were still huge buyer shows. We did the American Craft Council show in Baltimore, and we did the Rosen show. Those were all American-made craft, and that's all we carry. We've the been shows doing that. Were one of the few ways to find anything. Well, sure, and especially if we were new to the business. Right. You know, my business wasn't uh, art. Actually, <laughs> I started in communications, so this was a way to meet artists, mm-hmm. see what they did. I would talk to the artists, learn how they did it. So that when I would have the work in my gallery, I could tell somebody, well, this pottery was, you know, done this way, and uh, this is the kind of glaze they were using, or this is the process this jeweler was doing, or... It's very important to tell people how things are made. And that's, you know, that that is a a big part of selling nowadays, is people want the story. Mm, Absolutely. They want to know who made it. The whole hands-on industry Mm -hmm. is, is very important, especially... If you're a tourist oh, yeah. and coming to a town. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what this podcast is about. Sure. It's talking right. about the makers. Right. So. And you mm-hmm. see that on the internet too now. Oh, yeah. It's like every everybody's explaining how they make something. Right. Or if you read a blog, you know, you find a recipe mm-hmm. and you just want to know how to make cauliflower soup. No, you have to <laughs> you have to find out about this person's, you know, whole family history mm-hmm. of how they've sat down to eat soup all these years. Right. And actually, you know, you, you have to everything is a story now. Everything is a story. Yeah. And so we continue that Mm -hmm. at our gallery and I think what makes people uh, come back and and be really interested in us is because we ourselves are makers and they come in here and they see furniture by Sarovchuk Studios Uh, it's it's contemporary it's um, all handmade he makes everything himself my husband Paul and so that's very interesting to people mm-hmm. because, Absolutely. you know, sure, you can go to a furniture store and you see a piece of furniture you like, but you don't know anything about it. He can, or I can talk about him and I can say, well, this 
this uh, this cherry wood comes from our property, right. and he has a sawmill, and he cuts it himself, and he does this himself, and he does that himself. Yeah. So it's that really hands-on uh, touch that we can offer that mm-hmm. that make people come back right. or that bring interest to coming to, to the town. And there are many other shops in Ligonier now that, that have that oh, ability yeah. because mm-hmm. a lot of other shops feature work made locally Locally. Mm -hmm. and we are also trying to do more local i mean let's talk about that a little bit like what kind of let's tell the people what kind of items you have in shop well we have pottery and we've always carried pottery years ago a lot of the pottery came from the west coast Mm -hmm. and in the midwest uh, in addition to some east coast work of course, when we had that recession, a lot of artists stopped going to shows. Right. Uh, to ship their pottery from the West Coast for an East Coast show was cost prohibitive. So we stopped seeing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And then for us to even order work from the West Coast and get it here was just astronomical. Right. And we didn't want to have to pass shipping costs on to our customers here in the East. Mm-hmm. So um, the past five, six years, I've looked more to... Um, East Coast pottery people, and as much as I can to Pennsylvania right, ceramic absolutely. artists, and if possible, <laughs> local artists, of which there are many in our area, just many of them keep to themselves. So <laughs> well, it's true, and the internet has allowed them to do that yes, more. Yeah. And um, I know we always look for local bead makers and, and artists, and it is difficult because they have their own little business already, or they have their own thing that they can do. So it is harder to get them to supply to a, a brick and mortar now. Exactly. And and also, we do want to offer work that people aren't seeing everywhere. Right. Uh, because, especially in Western Pennsylvania, we have so many festivals. Well, as we have the so many shows craft have died shows. down, yeah. as they've gotten smaller or gotten less numerous, you do, everyone's buying the same thing now. Yes, yes. So to keep our, our look fresh, mm-hmm. we focus on crafters that are not exhibiting somewhere close by right. so that when tourists come through town especially mm-hmm. uh, they they see something they haven't seen somewhere else yeah. so that is you know that's a bit challenging too because let's face it especially uh, potters who you know mm-hmm. they they have to make <laughs> a lot of pots to make a living you know they're right. they're going to try to put their work wherever they can Absolutely. so you know that's that's one of our challenges, but we we still are are looking for potters, and we're also trying to increase awareness with the public of what goes into, for example, making a mug. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, folks will look at a, a mug and they'll say, "Oh my gosh, twenty five dollars or thirty two dollars <laughs> for a mug." Right. Well, then they take a class in our fairly new art center mm-hmm. where we have seven pottery wheels. And they try to make a mug uh, in a six-week class. <laughs> and after six weeks, um, after you know being instructed on how to do a form, how to throw on the wheel, and then after we bisque fire it, and then they have a glazing class, and then they glaze it, and then they look at their mug and compare it to our, our $32 mug, then they, they, they say, wow. I know why that mug is $32. Right, or, you know, this was a lot more difficult than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more that goes into making something than I ever expected. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the one of the reasons we wanted to have an art center mm-hmm. was to give people an appreciation for the very craft that we sell. Right. So in our art center, we've been doing 
wheel-thrown pottery, which is challenging, and, and you have to do that over a course of several weeks. Mm-hmm. We've also done slab work, which is where we just roll out the clay and you build something. Now that we do in a, like a two-hour workshop, and it's, of course, much easier. Right. We've also done some stained glass work, which is my, uh, my forte. Okay. And with that, I don't, I don't start with um, an entire panel, for example. We, we do little, I guess what you would call a make and take, where, mm-hmm. where we'll have uh, a, a table full of glass fragments, let's okay. say, that they don't have to cut. <laughs> and I show them how to work with a grinder and how to work with copper foil. And we, and we create what I call like a birdie bits class where you, you take these pieces of glass and you, you make them into little birds and we frame them and it, and it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But what it does is it shows people how copper foil stained glass is done. Mm -hmm. We also do the same with, um, a lead, lead panel. Okay. Okay. So what that does is it, it piques people's interest. If they thought they might want to try working in stained glass, they could come to our art center where we supply everything. They don't right. have to go out and buy any tools. And if they see that they enjoyed working with copper foil or enjoyed working with the lead, they might want to move on and do a panel, which oh, we can do over several weeks. But if they find that they didn't enjoy <laughs> soldering, well, then they're not going to like making right. stained glass windows. That's a good way to dip their right. toes in exactly. the Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And some people don't really want to learn a new skill. No. And move on. They just want to make something. Make something. And yep. that's another fun thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the great things about having an art center here in Ligonier is we've got a lot of folks that that want to just make they something. Try. Yeah. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing we found too is a lot of people are scaling down. They are not. Uh, we have a lot of retirees, for example, mm-hmm. in the town, and they are downsizing yes so they're not looking for more pottery for their home or or more paintings no. they want an experience they want to enrich themselves right mm-hmm. so they come into my gallery they see some pottery they see some stained glass they see some uh, watercolor batik paintings they think it's great i tell them hey why don't you try doing it Absolutely. yourself we've got a class here yes. so so they see the artwork they get an appreciation for it, then they make it themselves, then they have more appreciation right. for it. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how our gallery has evolved. It's, mm-hmm. it's gone from just featuring our own work to featuring local artists to featuring national artists, then scaling back <laughs> to <again>. local <laughs> artists, then scaling back in a way to just how things are made. Right. And, and now we're, that's one of the things we're trying to build mm-hmm. is more classes, more experiences mm-hmm. for people. Of course, we still sell work, right. and uh, we're still here for the folks who need something now. <laughs> right. Now I'm going to a wedding this afternoon, which happens I, a lot. And here it does. Mm-hmm. It does. People come to town. You know, their Looking their best friend gift. is getting married, <laughs> and they haven't bought a gift yet. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, okay, they're really good friends, Absolutely. huh? You know, yeah. and 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 also just. Let's face it, shopping is a form of entertainment oh. for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially when they're on a trip. Yes. So yes. they're coming visiting. out for the weekend mm-hmm. or they're visiting from Florida or whatever. Right. And they, you know, they want to it's a fun shop. Time out with friends. Right. Yeah. And of course, if they can find something that's made locally, especially, it goes home with them. That's very important. <laughs> that's what right. we hope anyway. <laughs> that's what we hope. Right. And, and lately, um, 
a lot of people, you know, listening to this podcast wouldn't know about that, but our the center of our town called the Diamond uh, recently underwent a renovation. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, we had to forfeit many of the old trees that were on the Diamond, uh, mostly maple trees. So the folks, uh, the melons who, who put a lot of the money forward to have that renovation done were also uh, renovating our library. And they mm-hmm. made a condition that all of the new tables in our library had to be made from the trees that came down from the diamond. Yes. So they they uh, commissioned my husband to do that since he could uh, take the rough lumber, basically he could take the tree right. and, and cut it into the boards and dry it and make it into the tables. So we did that. Uh, our new library now has these beautiful tables sourced from our local wood which we call diamond they wood. are beautiful they are and <laughs> but we had more wood left over mm-hmm. and a lot of people especially locals or even people who have moved out of the area heard right. that we had this wood. wood do you have any leftover wood can can we get some of it so we started making some things from that wood that folks could purchase and we stamped it. We created a stamp that said Ligonier Diamond Wood. Mm-hmm. And so now folks were buying cutting boards. And also we made pens. Mm-hmm. And, and that's another local item made from local trees, made by a local artist right. that people could get their hands on right. and, and, and have either, you know, to, to use or to just hang look around at, or right. look at or whatever <laughs> or collect. Right. But... You know, it was it was an incredible response to locally made products. Yeah. And There's I think a demand for there it out is. There. I mm-hmm. think more and more. If people want to buy something, I think they want it locally made. And if they can find out who made it, that's even mm-hmm. better. How it's made, that's great. You know, if they can meet the person who made it, that's another uh, wonderful thing. So I think... We're, we're, we're kind of, even though we're in a high-tech society, people yearn for hands-on. Oh, they do. And they I think really more do. now than ever almost because we are so inundated with tech. And now to have something that is low-tech and something that is just there and beautiful, I think is what people are really looking to try and surround themselves with to get, if not to get away from the technical stuff, but to have a way of escaping it a little bit. Sure. Well, you know what? History repeats itself. Absolutely. Okay? Industrial <laughs> Revolution, okay, mm-hmm. where they started mass producing clothing and furniture. Then you had the Craftsman's Movement, right. which was a response to the Industrial Revolution. Absolutely. And handmade furniture and handmade textiles and pottery became very popular. Mm-hmm. Well, we're having that all over again. We're, we had this 20 years now of technology taking off. Right. And now people... While they're not going to give up their technology, mm-hmm. no. uh, they 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 want to have a hands-on experience right. they want either themselves, between. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or they want to buy something that's handmade. Right. They want a connection to the maker, and it's all over. It's in Pittsburgh, you know, mm-hmm. Makers Fest, all kinds oh, of things. Yeah. Mon made. You we know, have a lot of friends who go to these shows, sure. and they've seen the the audience increase again. And there are more and more people coming to these kinds of maker shows. So, yeah, absolutely. I think people are trying to strike a balance in their life between between tech and just escaping it. Sure. For a lot of people, it's it's more of a, uh, I don't want to say just a hobby, but it's it's a an outlet. Right. Um, it's a response to maybe their high-stress 
job mm-hmm. or their their oh, job absolutely. that's just maybe not stressful but just not really exciting yeah so well and that's you know. we were talking with Clayton Hepler of Scamps Toffee and he mentioned his inspiration was to find the the why and to find the what so he said you find what you want to do and if you find why you want to do it the how will come so whether it's a side business or whether it's a a full business you really have to emphasize is this what I want to do and why do I actually want to do it? Is it just an escape or is it something that I'm passionate about? And I think that makes the difference. Well, I guess really that that is how we came to start our gallery mm-hmm. because my husband was an architect in, in Philadelphia working mm-hmm. for a big firm. He was doing very well. We were, we were both doing very well. I was in communications, as I said. We didn't live in the city. We lived in Bucks County, okay. but... We had to both commute, mm-hmm. and that took a lot of commute time out of our day. <laughs> and and he was always thinking in the back of his mind about his own designs, because right. working in a big architecture firm, you're working on somebody else's designs. Yes. And so he'd always made furniture. Mm-hmm. But we started small. We were at our, our little house that we spent five years renovating in Bucks County, and he started making a few pieces for friends and and whatever he would sell, he would invest in tools. Mm-hmm. So he found that that was really what he had a passion for. Yes. He had a degree in architecture. He was a registered, licensed architect. And while he liked architecture, the, the philosophy of it, the, you know, all, all of the, uh, the old-time thought of you know what goes into architecture like frank lloyd wright Mm -hmm. that's not what he was doing right you know he was he was doing floor plans or whatever Mm -hmm. but the furniture he was able to incorporate his design sense what he learned as an architecture student into creating his own furniture designs and he found that this is really what i i do have a passion Mm -hmm. for He'd be at work, and at lunchtime, he'd be sketching designs of <laughs> furniture. happening, you, you know, know it's, there's right. something happening. And it's like he yeah. couldn't wait to get home so he could work on furniture. He right. wasn't getting home to work on, <laughs> oh, well, let me design something for architecture. Right. It was the furniture thing. And we, we looked at where we were in, in the Bucks County area, and, you know, we said, gee, as much as we've put all this time into this great little house, mm-hmm. we don't have the space... If you really want to pursue this passion, we can't do it here. No. So we looked to see if we could find more space, but in the Philadelphia area, space is very expensive. Yes. Uh, Bucks County, <laughs> you know, you can't buy acreage there. Uh, we could never afford it. So since he was from Western PA, we started looking out this way, mm-hmm. and we said, you know, we could do this. We 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 don't have any kids yet. And we could just kind of chuck the whole nine to five job, come out here with the sale of the it's house. A brave move. We could, yeah, it was, it was. But we said, you know, mm-hmm. hey, it's just the two of us. We could, I could be a waitress if I right. have What's to. What's the worst that's you going know? to happen? And, yeah. But it never came to that because right. he started entering juried shows with his furniture mm-hmm. while he was building our dream house, right. while we had the house that we had just renovated <laughs> into a gallery. I was able to support us enough mm-hmm. with freelance work. I worked for the Trib, okay. and I, I did freelance graphic design, and I was making some stained glass uh, here and there. Yeah. So money was coming in, and then he was doing 
work that he could put in shows, then people started seeing his work. And I often tell beginning artists, mm -hmm. I said, you know what? Get into some shows. Right. If you're, if you're you know, a, a creative person, if you're doing painting or a craft or whatever, if it's an original of yours, yes. it can't be something you're copying, mm -hmm. can't be from a kit. There's a lot of art shows. Fill out those applications shows. and yes, get in. Yes, fill out an application, mm -hmm. get into a juried art show. Even if it's just a local art center that maybe the criteria isn't as high and right. you're a beginner, a lot of people see your work that way. Right. And that's how we did it. He he got into some juried art shows. He won awards. Then what, what can you generate when you win an award? <laughs> you can generate a press release. Absolutely. Especially back then. Newspapers were really big on post, uh, you know, printing anything about local people oh, who, who won something. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. We had free advertising yeah. because he won an award. Yeah. So we got a lot of press that way. And then all of a sudden, uh, people wanted to write articles about mm -hmm. him. So they would come to our little gallery. That's how we got known. It, it's just one thing built on another. Right. And but that's the thing. it's I not think, easy. No. It takes and a lot of work. A lot of people, I think, see, they come into your shop, they come into other shops, and they see what's there. And they think, oh, well, they just opened this. This just this is this is great that they could do this, but look what they've done. No, it's baby steps all along oh, the way. Oh, it's all baby steps. Yeah. And it's especially important to do baby steps <laughs> if you don't have... A lot of financing. Yes. <laughs> and and that was always our mantra. Mm -hmm. If we don't have the money now, right. we're not going to buy it. Yeah. If we don't have, when we go to a show, if I don't have the money available mm -hmm. to buy this work, even if I don't have to pay for it right away, right. I'm not going to buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm going to be able to sell it. Yeah. You know? So we... And that's a very we, different thing than this age of instant gratification. It, it right? is. It is. But it's, it's, it's necessary. It's very right? necessary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is why we're here after 25 years. Right. Also, what helped us in our particular case is we've always done everything ourselves. <laughs> you know, my <laughs> husband is an architect, that, yeah. but he mm -hmm. also is a builder. So <laughs> this building needed a lot of work, mm -hmm. this gallery. We came here... There were bats in the attic. Okay. <laughs> we literally had three feet of guano in the attic. Oh, wow. Okay? Uh -huh. That was the first step of getting rid of the bats, <laughs> getting rid of the guano, redoing the entire building right. from the electrical to the plumbing, everything, and converting one half into a gallery and one half into an apartment. Mm -hmm. That would pay the mortgage. Right. Now, we weren't living here. We were living somewhere else. But that mortgage payment helped us to... You know, not have to worry about that right. while we're trying to build our business. Absolutely. So many people, unfortunately, have to pay rent. Yes. I mean, that's just the way it is, especially mm -hmm. in Ligonier, because you can't go out and buy a building anymore. No. They're not, they're not they're there. Not there. Mm -hmm. you know? So you have to keep that in mind. It's like, right. can you meet your expenses? Maybe the last six months of the year when Ligonier is really busy, mm -hmm. you know, Until June through... Yeah, but mm -hmm. can you support yourself... January through March right. or January through April. Mm -hmm. That's what you really have to look at if you're if you're a craftsperson. Yeah. You know. And, and that's where watching your pennies counts. Yeah. Watch them during the busy season yes. and hold them for the slow. Right, mm -hmm. right. And and a lot of folks who are used to working for someone mm -hmm. and getting a paycheck and getting health care paid for and whatnot, <laughs> paid vacations, you know. You realize once you're in business for yourself, you don't have paid vacations anymore. Right. You, know, you yeah. want you want to go away for <laughs> a week. There is you, no vacation. You either anymore. <laughs> close up 
right. or you pay somebody to right. watch your shop for mm-hmm. you while you go off and have fun. And yeah. of course, you have to have money for that. Right. So I know a lot of folks come into my space and they think, you know, oh, well, you know, all they do is they, they, they buy something for one price and sell it for another and they make all this money. No, <laughs> it's not that it easy. doesn't work that way. It really isn't that mm-hmm. easy. It really isn't. And you shouldn't, I don't think you should go into, especially an arts field business, thinking that. No. I think you should go in wanting to do it because you love it, not right. because you think you're going to make tons of money doing it. Exactly. And, and you know, that brings us back again to Paul's work. Mm-hmm. We open the gallery specifically to have a place for him to show his work. Mm-hmm. But we felt, well, you know, other artists are in the area who might want a venue and right. we'd be happy to consign their work too. Yeah. And then it just... We just, you know, got carried away, especially when you go to these shows and you see oh, all so this easy. magnificent mm-hmm. art and you say, oh, everybody in town would want to have this, <laughs> you know? And so you're taking yeah. a risk there too. It's like, oh, I've got to buy some of this jewelry because mm-hmm. everybody's going to want it. Right. And then you find out that, well, people in Western Pennsylvania <laughs> don't really like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It mm-hmm. might be a great seller in, you know, San Francisco right. or New York City, but yeah, you it's gotta, just not. You have to know your community. You, you had to. Yes. And, and that takes a long time. And yes. I think I've seen a lot of businesses come and go in, in our town mm-hmm. because they don't understand that. They want to push what they want to push rather than get to know sure. who they're selling to. And, and they forget too that. You've got a few years before you're going to see any return on mm-hmm. any investment that you have. Oh, absolutely. So you really have to have something behind you yeah. to be able to do that, whether it's a freelance job or maybe you're making the work yourself and right. you just have your own storefront. Kind of like what you folks do at mm-hmm. Allegory. Oh, you know, yeah. you're, you're makers as well as a storefront. Right. So that works for you. Works. And Well, and we, I had two other jobs for the first like four years, so... We definitely started it as, I mean, it was a brick and mortar, but it was on the side as much as it had to be mm-hmm. until we got to the point where I didn't need that anymore. So it is, it's, it's baby steps. It's, it's really baby steps and it's, it's, it is your life. Right. Okay. It, you have oh, to look it, at it. It's no not, matter if it's a side or not, it becomes your right. life. It's not, it's, it's not making a living. Right. It's, it's it your, is life. your life. It is, it is what we do. Mm-hmm. We do it because... We love interacting with other artists. Right. We do it because we love making art. Oh, yeah. We love talking about our art. We love talking <laughs> we about talk for hours other about people's art. <laughs> art. It's, it's just... It, and, then, and then you say to yourself, well, would you want to be doing anything else? If somebody offered you a job that paid twice as much, right. would you would want you? to be doing that or would you want to continue what you're doing? Yeah. And... If you, know, you can say no to the money, exactly. Then we, you know we, you're we in both, the right spot, right? We both say that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I often tell my husband. So what are you going to do when you retire? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be any different than what he's doing now. Right, exactly. You know, it's it's he's going to keep making furniture, and you know, it's a little different, of course, once you reach that point where you're a success, right. where people come to you because they want your work. Mm-hmm. Then you can say, well, I don't have to work as hard. Right. I can make this many pieces and and then I can have some fun. Right. But when we started That's it a was long time coming. it was all of our time mm-hmm. was in the business end oh, of yeah. things, you know. And of course 
he got to do most of the playing. I had to run the business. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so now I'm starting to get back into my craft, uh, my yeah. stained glass. I'm, I'm doing stained glass windows, which are mostly commission work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm teaching a little bit. And I've also gotten into uh, a, a new endeavor, which I always wanted to try, which was glass painting, mm-hmm. which is a very old craft. It's, it's what you would see if you go into old churches, old cathedrals, where... You know, they, they have lines painted on faces. It's actually something that involves working with glass, working with a special kind of material that's not really a paint, like a, more like a glaze, and then putting it in a kiln. Okay. So the glass has to be fired to like 1,240 degrees. Okay. And then you incorporate it into your panel. Mm-hmm. So I've taken some classes on that. Uh, I'll be going for another class on another version, another okay. type of technique incorporating glass painting and glass fusing. Okay. So... Now that I've established <laughs> my business and my husband is established, now I get to play a little bit right. too. Absolutely. And uh, I'm I'm rediscovering my love of stained glass, mm-hmm. which I I always loved from the time I was in high school. I wanted to do stained glass windows, and and I I took a course, a college course, and learned how to build the traditional stained glass windows. And then I went on and learned how to work with the copper foil technique. So I had to. I had to put that on a back seat when the business got busy. Right. When our daughter was born, I couldn't do all of it. So now that she's in college, pursuing a degree in art <laughs> and English, uh, <laughs> and hopefully maybe she'll take over our business right. for us. Uh, so now I get to I get to play, get to play with my work and hopefully turn some other people on right. to, to stained yeah. glass, well, even if it's just that, for fun. How can people sign up for your classes? Well, <laughs> <laughs> what we do is we have a, a subscriber button on our, our website. Mm-hmm. And this, if you subscribe, whenever I do have classes in anything, uh, I send out a, a, a blanket email. email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, uh, it, what that allows me to do more than a regular mailing is, first of all, it's it doesn't cost as much. Right. And secondly, I could plan a class like in two weeks oh, and absolutely. get the word out there. Right. And if you subscribe, it, it'll also post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, my problem, of course, with my classes is uh, scheduling times, you know? <laughs> when do people want to take a class? Exactly. Do they want to take it in the morning during the week? Do mm-hmm. they want to take it on a Sunday afternoon? Do they want to take it at night? So sometimes uh, I have to sit and think, oh, when am I going to schedule this class? And then it takes well, me a while. And before your I, life too. Yeah, it has to fit into my <laughs> life. I have to, And I have to plan way ahead because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, well, I want to give people at least like two or three weeks notice <laughs> right. before I throw to this class at life. them. Right. And, you know, I still have so many things going on. But we do have other artists that have committed, for example, to... Pottery, wheel okay. pottery, mm-hmm. which, as I've said before, is a six-week commitment because mm-hmm. you, you need that amount of time to really learn how to throw on the wheel. Right. But then we have somebody else who's going to be doing some little, like, two-hour workshops, just build a mug, hand-build, and yeah. uh, we schedule those periodically. We have another woman who, she's really good. She's right on target with always having at least three dates plan for her watercolor batik paintings, which has become very popular. So once a month, we offer those. Um, And uh, we have somebody now who wants to to teach uh, something called acrylic pour, which is just Mm -hmm. a fun thing. So, and we've had, we had somebody come in who did beautiful scarf dyeing. Yeah. 
whatever, we're, we're experimenting, we're finding artists, whoever wants to teach something, I'm trying make to make room. it work, make you know. Room, right? we, we will mm-hmm. have a, a very well-known um, block printing artist, Mary Hamilton from Rymersburg. She's going to come and, and show people how to do linoleum block printing. Oh, you know, you'll cool. be cutting your own your own linoleum blocks and printing them. It's, it's a really cool process. We have her work uh, on display here. So it's been... It's been um, uh, an artist that we've carried for many, many years, and we're excited about having her. And um, but you know, once again, if you subscribe to on mainexhibitgallery.com, all we need is a name and an email. Then whenever we do have something coming up, You'll it goes right it. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And there will be things coming up, and um, you know, that's we're trying to get this uh, art center really moving. It's been about three years now since mm-hmm. we started with that. So it's a really beautiful space, yeah, everyone. It's a nice so space. Yeah. I encourage you to sign up at mainexhibitgallery.com. And with that, we will bring this to a close. So thank you very much, Mandy. Thank you, Will. It's great to talk to you. You too. And I hope everyone liked it. And I hope everyone goes to your website, checks everything out, and we will talk to you later. Thank you.